pick up now and continue following Paul's remarkably tight argument in Romans 9 in defense of God's righteousness in choosing Jacob and not Esau. So, Father, as we pursue further now the way your inspired apostle unfolds his vindication of your holiness and your righteousness in the way you choose to save. I pray that we would have humble hearts and that we would have capacities for worship and submission and obedience that honor you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Paul has asked, is there unrighteousness on God's part? And the reason he asked whether there is unrighteousness in God is because he has just said, though they, Jacob and Esau, were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue or might persevere or might stand, not because of works, but because of him who calls. She, their mother, Rebecca, was told, the older Esau will serve the younger against all convention, as it is written, Jacob I loved, Esau I hated. So the point of that unit right there is that God freely, that's the point here, freely, not determined by any human works, they hadn't been born, they hadn't done anything good or evil, and so election, the choosing of, of, of the younger here, the choosing of Jacob, this election was not because of their works, but because of him who calls. Is there then unrighteousness on God's part? His answer is no, by no means. And last time we looked at this argument right here, because, because, God says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. And we saw that that quotation from Exodus 33:19 was a description of the very essence of the name of God or the glory of God. God's, God's name or his glory is his freedom. I will have mercy on whom... I have mercy, I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. I'm, my mercy and my compassion are not determined by forces coming from outside of me. Ultimately, they are determined by me. I have compassion, I have compassion. Just like it says here, not because of works, but because of me and my call. And we saw that the name of God and the glory of God are in Paul's mind at the heart of what it is for God to be righteous because for God to do what is right, he must act according to what is infinitely valuable and what is infinitely 
infinitely valuable is the name of God and the glory of God. And therefore, when God acts to uphold his name and his glory, which consists in his freedom, he is acting in righteousness. And therefore, he is righteous to freely choose Jacob over Esau. That was the argument in verse 15. And now all he does here is draw out the inference again that he's already said, namely, therefore, so then, basing that on this verse here from Exodus 33, 19, so then, it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. And this is a paraphrase of not on, uh, on him who wills or him who runs. It's a picture. So running is the exertion here and willing is the willing here. And what is this it? It depends. It's not of human will or human exertion, but on God. And the it most immediately is God's mercy on whom he will have mercy, God's compassion on whom he will have compassion, or more distantly, God's election of Jacob over Esau, not because they had done good or bad, not not because of works, but because of him who calls. It, therefore, that election does not depend on human will or exertion or one who wills or one who runs. Notice, this not clause or phrase and this but phrase corresponds to this. Let's put it in a different color maybe so we can see. Not because of works would correspond to not from human will or exertion. And this but it depends on God would correspond to but because of him who calls. So he simply, this, this verse here, this verse 16, is a repetition of what he's already said here, only he's stating it in principle here so that we can see the wideness of the application. Because of what God said back in Exodus thirty-three nineteen. Therefore, so then, we may draw the conclusion that election, or God's mercy on whom he wills, is not dependent on human will, and it is not dependent on human exertion, it is dependent on God alone. I think verse 16 is one of the, one of the clearest verses in the Bible to show that there is at least in regard to mercy and compassion and, and election and salvation, there is no such thing as ultimate human self, I'm going to run out of space here, aren't I, determination. There is no such thing as ultimate human self-determination. Now, if you want to put the word free will on that, you can. If that's your definition of free will, then free will doesn't exist. 
But let me show you something very, very interesting just by way of application and conclusion. What are we to think about our wills in relationship to God's will if he's that sovereign? And here's a little glimpse into the way Paul thinks about this in 2 Corinthians 8, 16 and 17. Thanks be to God who put it in the heart of Titus, who put in the heart of Titus the same earnest care that I have for you. And then he gives the evidence for how he knows that that is in fact what God did in the heart of Titus. For he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, being himself very earnest. God put this, God put this earnestness in his heart, but he says, he, being himself very earnest, is going to you of his own accord. So, when Paul looks at Titus and he sees earnest care for the church in Corinth, and he sees an eagerness to go from his own accord, Paul knows that God has acted. Thanks be to God who put it in the heart, this this earnestness in the heart of Titus, and Paul calls it of his own accord. And so there is real, genuine, human, meaningful activity, real emotion, real willing, real passion, real desire, real volition. And yet when all is said and done, Paul knows how in bondage we would be to sin without God, and therefore he gives God the glory and says, God put it in our hearts.